The following episode of Shower for the Soul contains language or subject matter that might not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Shower for the Soul, a podcast where we explore today's issues affecting our mental health and well-being. It's all about life, health, and wealth, and us. Grab a chair and a spot around the table, and let's start sharing. Now, here's our host, Shane Fame Alexander. Shower for the soul. Happy International Women's Day. Shane Alexander with you for another week. Episode 12. Episode 12. See, I remember this time. Last week, I forgot which episode we were at. How are you guys doing? Uh, it's going to be a jam-packed show today. Uh, it is the Women's Edition, International Women's Day, because it is International Women's Day week. And uh, we're doing it really big today. Uh, we'll be talking to my friend Andrea coming up in just a few moments. She'll be so- sharing her story. I'm not going to tease it at all. Uh, it's just a deep conversation we're going to have and she's going to spill the beans about everything that happened with her and how she started a business after going through a lot of stuff and uh, that's coming up in just a few moments a little bit of house cleaning first a little bit of house cleaning uh is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals better help is there to help you BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This online counseling, you can communicate in under 24 hours. That's one day you can start communicating with an online therapist. Uh, They update their uh, reviews every single day. So you can go there at betterhelp.com backslash reviews. That's betterhelp.com. H-E-L-P backslash reviews and check them out for the reviews and uh, and just read for yourself how great they are. Uh, you and you know, since you're a friend of mine and they're a friend of me, mine, <laughs> me, mine, me, uh, you can check. Uh, you can go to uh, betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P backslash S-F-T-S and you can get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. So check them out. International Women's Day, new study, just in time for International Women's Week, came out uh, recently uh, that fewer boys were born in Ontario after Trump was elected president. Yes, president. And I still think it's a dream. (laughs) It's a really bad dream. But the data showed that the lowest ratio of boys to girls born in the last 12 12 months after the election happened in March 2017, that's exactly within the the three to five month window that sex ratio would change after uh, an adverse social event, said the study uh, master Ravi. Then... In the five months from March to July, you saw recovery of the sex ratio, he said. But not everyone in Ontario considered the unexpected victory of the right-wing Republican nominee to be highly stressful. When researchers further analyzed the data, they found there were only fewer boys born to in liberal-leaning areas. Highly unlikely upcoming presidential election will have the same impact. So there you go. If we get Trump out of the office, we'll have more women. Just another reason why he should leave the office. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll be talking to Andrea. This is Sheriff for Soul. Uh, 
Um, it's difficult for us to understand that he's been on a paid leave of absence during all of this. And it's difficult because when you're a victim, you end up with nothing. You spend your hard-earned resources trying to seek justice and you experience significant amounts of trauma. And, um, and so it's, there's no justice. The, the, the wheels of justice, the balance of power um, always seems to be in, in the uh, wrong court. Shara for the Soul, Shane Alexander with you. We're here with Andrea. Uh, we're both Londoners, and uh, we met a while ago. And you in- approached me, I think it was like two months ago, when I sent out a message to all the women in my life uh, if they want to do anything for International Women's Day for this very episode. So let's start at the beginning. And this was like 2017, I believe. Um <laughs> You were married to a fellow, and then you decided to split. Yeah, we can we can start there. That's exactly correct. Uh, firstly, Shane, thank you for having me. And uh, the reason I I just want to tell everyone the reason I, I've decided to tell my story on Shower for the Soul is an attempt to encourage women, especially those going through abuse or difficult times, that life will get better if you choose for this to happen. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I just want to also make a statement that some of the details that you're going to hear are because of the legal nature. I need to say that these are my personal opinions and perceptions on uh, what has happened. And some of this has not been proven in a court of law. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I can start from the beginning. So yes, I was married. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. I worked part-time around my husband's schedule. In uh, 2016, at the end of it, um, uh, we were having some difficulties and decided to put our house up for sale. And uh, it sold in a weekend. The market was really good. It sold in a weekend, and we had a three-week close. Mm-hmm. And because our marriage was having troubles, I, you know, I, I just felt, you know, rather than buying another house at this time that we should split up and uh, separate before buying another house and try to work on our marriage. And, um, you know, then, you know, my whole life went kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was, you know, he wasn't too happy about that. And uh, he left. He decided to take off. Um, cut off all the money and uh, wouldn't communicate with me and uh, I was you know we had to be out of that house in two weeks mm-hmm. and at the time I had my daughter you know full-time I had to take care of my daughter I had a dog I had to pack and move the house in two weeks and um, you know so I was very panicky and you know I kept texting him I was like are you coming home to help me and you know, pack the house, what's going on, why did you, you know, cut off all the funds, so it was a lot at once, and he wasn't communicating, so luckily, you know, I have some good friends of mine, and my mother, who took my daughter so I could pack up the house, and my friends actually came and, and helped me move um, every single content of that home into storage facility, Okay. and um, at that time, you know, the house closed, my ex-husband was still not communicating with me and uh you know I decided okay I'm gonna go stay at my mom's um with my daughter Mm -hmm. and because they're traditional I was I was raised I had a very good upbringing good parents you know I'm not saying anything negative but because they're very traditional you know they said you know stay with your husband what are you doing yeah and um I knew that that wasn't the right thing for me to do because, you know, our marriage, we've had problems for a few, you know, quite a long time. And um, it just wasn't working out. And at that point, when I say, you know, if someone can take off on you and leave you, not communicate with you and have no concern for you, that's probably not the right thing to do. So I didn't want to stress my mother out um, because, you know, they're older and, they couldn't handle the drama, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. 
And, and I didn't want to bother anybody. So at this point, you know, I was left with uh, no funds and uh, had to put everything back into the account, close it because um, I didn't want to affect my credit. And uh, I was like, wow, I've never been in this situation before. I have no idea what to do, you know, and I don't want to bother anybody. I have a daughter to take care of, so I don't want to invade someone's home. So I, I called the um, women's community house and I told them what happened. And I said, you know, I, I wasn't physically abused, but um, because, he, you know, uh, he cut off all the funds, um, they considered that economic abuse. Oh. And they said, we just so happened to have um, a room available, which is, you know, it was just, uh, just they don't often have rooms there. Uh, they're, they're pretty full all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they said, come on over and, and we know what to do. So I took my daughter and I um, went grocery shopping, actually, to bring food with me. And I went there and, um, you know, it was, it was really nice there. And uh, they had a care package for me. Aww. And for my daughter, and they welcomed me, and they said, "Okay, come on in." And um, you know, I remember going up to the room, and I remember opening the door to that room, and my daughter, she was with me, and I told her we were staying at a hotel <laughs> because I didn't. She was only, I think, four years old at the time, mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't want to get into it. And she just, she, uh, the first thing she said, I remember, you know, I was in such a devastated state, and. Um, the first thing she said when I opened the door was, wow, mommy, this is a great room. <laughs> and and I just, you know, I had to smile at that point because, and you know, it just lightened the mood. And mm-hmm. the room was, you know, it is a great room. And I, and I said that to her. I said, yeah, it is a great room because it's a room. <laughs> and <laughs> they took us in, right? But really, it's, it's nothing fancy. It has a, what you need. Has, yeah. You know, two beds, a wardrobe, and... Um, a nightstand mm-hmm. and but that's all you need but you know she was right and uh, it was a great room so we took our care packages up to the room and um, I brought food with me and they asked me you know why did you bring food here and uh, they said we have a chef here that cooks lunch and dinner for you and there's breakfast there so you, you don't you can bring food if you want you can put it in the fridge but everything's here that you need and then I met with one of the counselors. So everyone there is assigned a counselor. And, um, you know, they go over everything with you. What's going on? What do you need help with? And my counselor was really great. And she just went step by step. Um, kind of, it helps you focus your mind. Yeah. So it was really good there. And, uh, you know, while I was there, uh, one of the things I needed to do was find a place to live because, you know, I had sold my home. And, um, you know, I decided to rent off the private market rather than living in housing. And actually, they did manage to get me a place within, I think, 30 days in housing. I just chose that I wanted to live in the private sector. So I went to find my own place. Um, but while I was at the women's shelter, you know, my ex was still not communicating with me. Um it, it was it was really bad, and uh, I guess he was communicating with an officer, Officer Steve Williams, mm-hmm. who was a longtime friend of his for about 20 years. Um, I guess college buddies, drinking buddies. Um, so he had consulted Officer Williams and asked him, you know, he was very upset that we were splitting and he had to pay money uh, for child support. And so he was consulting him and and officer Williams was coaching him telling him what to do um, in order to you know save financially for himself and uh, one of the things he gave to my husband was a draft message firstly said um, send this to her do not communicate with me indirectly or directly in any form of communication whatsoever now if someone sends you that message even if it's your husband or your wife and you communicate with them, you can uh, be charged with telecommunications harassment. Um, And I didn't know this because, you know, I've never been in this kind of situation. Um, 
in my eyes, it was an you know trying to communicate with someone and, and getting upset because they're not responding. And um, you know, it's your husband, so really, it's an argument in, in text message. Uh, but uh, the reason he was doing that, and this is my belief, is because he was trying to create a situation where I was to look like a criminal in order to get my daughter um, to have more custody with her father. And that would prevent him from paying more money to me in, in terms of support. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was him all along. And even though I hadn't seen this officer since my wedding in 2012, five years uh, had passed and I hadn't seen the guy, I kind of knew he was behind it. So um, my husband ended up sending me that message. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, what is he talking about? Like, why doesn't he just answer? Um, and, uh, then the officers, you know, they did mention to me, uh, you can communicate with your husband, but only about your daughter. And I said, okay, no problem. Um, so, you know, there was communication. We were trying to arrange, um, you know, what days he wanted to see her, if he wanted to see her, you know, why did he cut off the money? I was trying to talk some sense into him and, um, the next thing I know, um, I was being arrested in the middle of the night at the women's shelter for, wow. tele for telecommunications harassment while my daughter was sleeping. So I remember uh, they came in the middle of the night, and uh, at first I thought it was, you know, like a joke. It was, it was unreal. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it, they were downstairs, and they said you were told not to communicate with him, um, and uh, we're taking you in, right? Wow. And yeah, so um, luckily my mother, at, I think it was it was the middle of the night, she came to, you know, collect my daughter and take her to her home, mm -hmm. which was a good thing because um, if there's no one to take your child, I believe they go to children's aid and it's very difficult to get your child back from there. Yeah. They have her. So, you know, possibly that is was part of Officer Williams' plan all along. <laughs> But um, again, this hasn't been proven in court, his intent. So <clears throat> my mom took my daughter home and I was taken to the police station and I was charged with telecommunications harassment and I was let go that night. Uh, and I went back to the shelter and, and at the, the whole time I was very, you know, shaken up because, you know, they put the handcuffs on you, they put you in the police car and you're like, Am I really like that much of a criminal? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So yes. Yeah, so we went back. To, I went back to the shelter. I took a taxi back there, and um, then you know my goal was to you know get a house to rent. So I still had to go uh, on that course of action, but I had you know to appear in court for charges now for criminal charges, um, which were dropped. Um, but you know, it's just the whole, it was so overwhelming because it was happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, I continued on my plan and I went to, you know, try to get apartments to rent or houses to rent. And I found two and, uh, you know, I met, like, I never thought I would get them because I didn't even have a job at this point. I said, who's going to rent it to me, you know? Yeah. And, um, surprisingly I got both of them offered to me so I did obtain the house and um, made plans to move uh, into that with my daughter so that was a good thing um, my ex-husband didn't like the fact that my daughter was in a shelter and uh, he said it was not safe for her and decided to call an emergency hearing where I would have to appear in court so I got notice of that and that I, I got notice at the shelter and that I had to appear the, the next morning, I believe, in the court. And uh, that evening, I was contacted um, by my mom saying the police were looking for me at her house um, doing a bail check on me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I said why I didn't contact my husband. I don't know what's going on. And uh, she said, I don't know. You better figure it out. So 
soon enough, the police called me on my phone and they said, um, what's your address? We're doing a bail check on you. What's your address? And I said, you know, it's the same address you arrested me at. And uh, he, he said, oh, your address is different. And you violated your conditions. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I guess there is a condition upon your release that if you are charged with something that you need to notify the police if you change your address. And I didn't understand what the problem was because I, I never changed my address. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was all panically, oh my God, they're coming to arrest me again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I asked my mom to uh, watch my daughter, I believe. And uh, then I just took off because I was like, you know, I don't want to be arrested and, and taken to jail. I, like, I have no idea what's going on about this address, but I, I figured he was behind it. Again, this Steve Williams, Officer Steve Williams. So I frantically tried to get a hold of someone at the police department to figure out what's going on. And uh, it took a while, but I did get a hold of someone. And I, I said, you know what, your police... One of your officers is, is friends with my husband. We're going through separation. And, you know, the guy's harassing me. And I just got a phone call that, you know, I've changed my address and I'm not sure what you're talking about because I didn't. I have my paperwork, my original paperwork right here that shows that I'm at the same address. So I'm not sure what's going on here, but I want to talk to his sergeant. Mm-hmm. So at 3 a.m., I met the sergeant. Um, Officer William Sargent in the parking lot and I told him what's going on and uh, I said you know under what condition can they do a bail check on you and uh, he said well someone someone would have to call it in that you changed your address and I said well who who would call it in yeah I didn't change my address you know and I think he knew what was going on at that point and um you know, it was discovered that Officer Williams himself had ordered the bail check. He noticed that my address was incorrectly entered into their police system um, in their error. And uh, he did notice that and he knew it would happen if uh, I didn't have my original paperwork on me mm-hmm. at that time. So what would have happened would be I would have been taken to the holding cells the night before my custody hearing. And his sergeant did mention this to me, that it's a good thing I had that paperwork on me because they would have taken me to the holding cells. And I said, what, so what, I would have missed court in the morning? And he said, no, they would have delivered you from the holding cells in the police, you know, police car to in front of the judge in handcuffs. (laughs) So uh, that wouldn't have looked too good, you know, and it was over a change of address that I never made. So I had escaped that one which was a good thing but I mean you know what kind of police officer comes after you Mm -hmm. for you know for whatever reason because you know he's friends with your husband um (laughs) so that was the the beginning of it and during all this time as well uh between the arrests um I discovered that my ex-husband was hit by a school bus so he was stopped at a crosswalk by a crossing guard mm-hmm. and a uh, school bus rear-ended him and um, put him on, now he's on long-term disability. And this was about th- March 27th. So um, yeah, he hasn't worked since then. And that uh, was last year or two years ago? March 27th, 2017 is when he was hit by the bus. Oh I wow, was, three, three years ago. Yeah, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he he's very injured can't sit or stand very long without being in pain. Um, I don't have any communication. I don't really talk to him at this point because of what happened. But um, yeah, it's it was it was a lot to happen all at once. So then, you know, going to court, being homeless, um, dealing with a broken marriage, um, having a school bus at your husband, having the police after you. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I did obtain um, a home to live in. And I moved in with the help of my friends 
I had a few very good friends who were very supportive to me. Um, and I moved into the home and I got settled and that was summer of 2017. And uh, I it was summertime, so my daughter was home. So I stayed home with her uh, for a little while. Um, my husband was not paying me any type of funds. Um, even though you can go on the internet and say, okay, this is your income, this is his income. That's what you need to pay. <laughs> he, out of spite, maybe decided not to do this. So, you know, I was on my own. And um, then I guess, uh, yeah, that was, you know, I was dealing with a lot of emotions at that point. And I think I was functionally, I was functional, but I'd say I was very depressed. And um, it was it was really hard for me to, you know, stay positive all the time and um, cope with everything. So, um, you know, I was going to separation hearings and, and that's I did try to reconcile with my husband that summer, uh, which failed um, because, you know, he was hit by the bus. And, uh, you know, I figured, you know, you're married, you should help each other out. But it didn't work. And at that point, there was no trust anymore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's where I was at in my story. You know, that's pretty much the trauma that I that I went through. And uh, I'd say it put me into a, a functional depression. So uh, I could still get up and, and uh, you know, take care of my daughter and, and cook and, you know, take care of the house and um work but I was dealing with a lot of emotions you know? yeah and what were you doing for work by at that time so um I actually was planning to relaunch my my business mm -hmm. and uh I had made I like to massage I went to massage school in 2011 and um then I decided to open a facility um and um, yeah, so I had all the marketing done prior to my prior to my separation, and I wanted to um, launch it. So I I went on Kijiji. I remember I don't know how I came across this posting, but I just happened to look on Kijiji and I saw that someone was renting a facility um, in uh, to people who massage. They they were renting rooms out. Mm -hmm. And I remember contacting this person and I said, um, you know, did you rent out any rooms yet? And he said, no, not yet, but people have been coming and looking at them. And I said, okay, don't rent them yet because I might want the whole thing. And um, I decided, you know, I took a look at it and I decided to get it and uh, open the mobility massage uh, and you know, he renovated it for us. He's a wonderful person. And uh, we set it up and it, uh, it launched January 2018 is, is when we launched it. So it's in its third year of operation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you were saying, we were talking on the phone uh, the other day and you were saying how you were crying when you're shopping, which <laughs> I've never heard a woman say before in my life. Right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is probably wasn't, I don't know if it was the best time to open the business, but it, it worked. So I guess, you know, it was, but uh, because I was in such a, because I had so much, I was in such a fog, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, I was dealing with so much. Um, I was dealing with um, a police investigation, investigating that officer. Um, who I filed with the OIPRD. I was dealing with separation. I was dealing with like being alone, um, you know, my marriage breakdown. Um, because of that, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it was the perfect time to open the business, but, you know, I remember I just decided to do it. I said, you know, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always won my own business. So here it is. So I just, uh, signed the lease and um, I went at it but it, it was really difficult to even go shopping for decor and furniture and and pictures and I remember it was like the hardest thing 
I had to do was to go to HomeSense and spend, I think I spent like $3,000 to, to buy some furnishings for the facility and to take it back and, and to arrange it and to set it up and to, you know, decorate. And I mean, like who cries when they're shopping? That's ridiculous. You know, so, <laughs> was that survivor mode? Do you think? <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it's because sometimes we feel like uh, overwhelmed so much um, about something that we have to do, whatever it is. And usually that thing that's going to take you forward um, and progress your life is the hardest thing to do, whatever it is. So just to set up a facility, you know, to start working and making money um, that was like a big step. It's a step that you need to push yourself to take. And I remember crying. I remember crying like, oh my gosh, I was so overwhelmed just to go pick out furniture and to hang up pictures and to, you know, organize it the way I wanted to. And um, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. So, yeah, but it was very difficult. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about the women's shelter again. Now, who else did you see in there? What, where, where, where are all these women coming from? Um, did they have similar stories as you, or? Um, you know, I think you know when I was there, they were all they were all very nice women. Mm -hmm. I never had a problem when I was there, and I think um, I think a lot of them maybe were in worse situ. Most of them were in worse situations than I was, mm -hmm. um, because. You know, there was some women there who were hit in the head with a hammer and, um, wow. you know, they it, it was really uh, eye opening for me to see because I, I really didn't grow up in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, it exists to actually see it right in front of you, um, the trauma that people face, um, the women were all really nice. I, I'd say a lot of them were very deep inside themselves. You know, so when you go into depression, you you're very inside yourself, and how far you go, um, it determines. It's it's difficult, like abuse after abuse. If you're in uh, abusive situations um, for a long period of time, your self worth and your, you know, you feel like you're at a very low point. And I know that, you know, some women that I saw there, they would walk around and they'd be staring at the floor. So that's how low they were. They couldn't even like hold their head up. Literally. Yeah. You know, like they felt like really low. So to even like pick their head up and to be proud of who they are, that they're alive, that they have an opportunity to live. They just, they're so deep inside themselves mm -hmm. that, it's, you know, it was, it was sad. It was sad. But um, again, the, the women's shelter is probably the place that, you know, I, I'm so impressed with them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's called Inova now. It was the Women's Community House on Wellington, and they changed the name since I was there. Um, but I can't say enough positive things about this place and how much support uh, people have there. So you have counselors, uh, personal counselors that work one-on-one -on -one with each woman there mm -hmm. to kind of assess, you know, their situations and what they need help with and to keep them focused. Um you know, you have uh, lunch and dinner cooked for you there. Um, you have food available, um, care packages. You know, a lot of companies donate to there, uh, to this place. And then the women, you know, if they need whatever they need, they usually have uh, something there for them. Uh, there's group meetings. There's a child care service. There's a playroom. Um, there's a child psychologist there. Um there's a school bus service for your children. So if, if you're out of the area that they go to school, the bus will stop there and pick them up. There's just, there's so much support there. And what they do is, you know, they take all the stress off of you so that mm -hmm. you can focus on what you need to do. So if you really, if you really want to get, you know, better and move forward with your life, it's a very good place to be um, because, you know, a lot of the help that you need is there or they can refer you to things 
to people and organizations that will help you. Was was there like a day, I'm not saying like Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon, but do you know that there was that one moment where you went from being depressed to survivor mode, let's start this company to, okay, I've made it? Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, I'm thinking about that question and, um, you know, when was the day that I, I felt like I won <laughs> or that I was moving forward? Um, so I'll answer it in, in a couple of uh, different ways. So when was the day that I felt like I was moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably every day. So every day that I would achieve something. So when I was homeless and I, I got a house and I moved in. So that's a forward motion, you know. And um, every time, you know, you you do something that, that takes you closer to achieving something, washing dishes. So I, I mm-hmm. felt like every day I was moving forward, you know, by by accomplishing something. So I'm the type of person that, you know, I, I don't really like to um, talk about, you know, what's bothering me with counselors. I would rather just accomplish something because I think, you know, action leads to to better things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think every day I felt like I was moving forward. And then, you know, when something else negative happens, <laughs> then mm-hmm. it, it takes you back. It takes you back a step um, and you have to move forward a step. Um when do I feel like, you know, probably to answer your question, when do you feel like, you know, I put it behind me? I think um, today would be a good answer to, you know, the fact that I can look back and reflect and tell the story today without getting angry, you know, upset, emotional, you know, teary-eyed. That's probably a, a good indicator that I've healed. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't give you like a particular day. I mean, but I think anytime you can reflect back and tell something without getting uh, letting your emotions get the best of you, it's probably a, a pretty good indicator that you're doing spiritually you've healed. Yeah. And that's a beautiful answer just because not a lot of people think of it that way. They don't think, okay, you know, this is this happened and every single day that I'm past this, I'm trying to heal. You know, they're thinking, okay, it's basically black and white. Um, I'm going through this, and then now I'm out of it. They are not seeing the progressive um, rehab of the situation. Yeah, I think it's it's all progressive. It's, you know, from the very first day that, you know, I think when you leave the situation, especially for women who are in abusive situations, mm-hmm. The first day you separate from that and you separate yourself from that, I think you begin your healing because um, it's not good to, you know, to take yourself away from the negativity, away from the abuse. Um, That's probably the first step of healing. And uh, every day after that is is another step. And what, were you you were saying that uh, you were not uh, religious? Where, where was that faith? Where where did you look towards during the um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a religious person. I was raised Catholic, but um, I don't think I'm practicing, and um, I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. So I believe that there's something bigger than ourselves out there, and. Um, I, I know that um, I have a lot of my faith in myself and confidence in myself that I can be in any situation and, and be okay. Um, but I, I, I think spirituality is very important mm-hmm. uh, for people to believe in something more than, you know, what's out here, what, what we see, you know, because you really need the faith. I think faith is one of the most important things you need to get better or to get out of a difficult situation and and move forward. Because I, I know as, as much stuff as that was happening to me all at once, um, I just, I always knew that things would be okay. 
and you just have to take those steps and eventually, you know, you'll heal and you'll move forward with your life. And it seemed that you doesn't, you didn't, um, you know, you went through the depression, but it seems like, you know, when you were saying that every day is progressive of getting better, your judgment wasn't really that clouded. You know, um, you, yeah, I don't think my judgment was clouded. So I, I don't think my judgment was clouded, but I think um, everything's foggy. So when you're in a, when you're inside yourself, like when you're going through depression and, you know, I, I'm not on medication and I, I, um, I don't have any mental health issues uh, other than, you know, because I haven't always been depressed and, you know, but I did slip at this point very low. And even though I knew I had to move forward um, with things, I think, um, yeah, my judgment wasn't clouded, but you're just in a fog. Like it yeah. just foggy, like someone could talk to me and I could have a conversation with them and I could answer them and I could, um, you know, get up and, and dress up and go to work. And, but really, I, I think I wasn't there. You know, it's like you're you're there, but you're not there. Everything's like because you're thinking about the experience that you're going through in the back of your head and you're dealing with all the emotions and all the pain. And and so you're foggy, you know, because you've been impacted very, very strongly. So um, my judgment, I think, was good, like in, in terms of decisions, you know, that I made and, and the course of action I went. But. Um, yeah, definitely I was in a fog. And now out of all of this, when your daughter is old enough, uh, you said that you you didn't tell her, you you know, you stayed at a hotel, apparently. Um, <laughs> the she best still remember. says that too. She, every time we pass it, she's like, there's the hotel, mommy. <laughs> yeah. Are you ever going to tell her the truth of what happened? Well, I think... Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I don't believe in hiding anything. I think probably at this age, she she doesn't really need to know too much about it. Like, she knows that her father and I are separated. Mm -hmm. But um, she doesn't know, you know, the whole story and what happened. And, um, you know, she can read. So it's it's out there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really want to lie to her. But, you know, at this point, I think probably I, I won't discuss it with her, like, uh, she only needs to know so much, and and that's between her father and I, anyways. But um, what would, yeah, when when she's old enough, uh, I'll definitely tell her. Yeah. Yeah, and what was the what's the main message you would want her to get out of it, as a mom? As a mom, so I think. Um, well, firstly, it has nothing to do with her. <laughs> uh, my separation, you know, and. Yeah. You know, what What would I want her to take away from this experience? Mm -hmm. And my experience in general is, um, you know, to be authentic, to be yourself, and uh, don't worry about what others think of you. Uh, be more concerned about what you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really not good for your soul to pretend you're someone you're not just to make others happy. So if you're, you know, if someone says, Oh, you should be doing this or you should wear this or you should look like this or you should behave like this. Um, really, if it's, if it's not true to your, what you believe, then uh, it's not good for you. So, you know, just don't stay, don't stay in a marriage that, you know, toxic just because that's what society thinks you should do. Mm -hmm. And how about for other women? Um, well, I'd give them the same same message. Um, anyone going through a difficult time, I'd say, you know, the most important thing to to get out of your depression and to move forward with your life, I think, is um, to be positive, to keep your mindset positive regardless of the situation you're in. And I know this is a difficult thing to do, especially when circumstances are extremely negative and painful in your life. You know, how can you keep your mindset positive when you've experienced, you know, being hit in the head with a hammer or beaten so badly or emotionally abused? Um, 
you've given up everything, you've lost everything, or you've lost a loved one. You know, it's very difficult to do, but it's very important for people to put themselves in a, in a positive uh, mind state. And in the law of attraction, we'd probably say, you know, they'd probably say uh, express gratitude for what you have. And um, I think that's very important because it, it changes your your vibration. And, you know, it's, it's very important to stay positive and and have faith in yourself that, mm -hmm. that you'll come forward. Um, surround yourself with people who are positive, and mm -hmm. take take your take yourself away from anything uh, that's too negative for you to handle. So if that's an interaction with someone who is negative, uh, just you need to be around positivity um, so you can heal. And I'm not saying, you know, don't interact with anyone who's negative because that's pretty much impossible um, if you're going to go out in society. But um, until you're strong enough, um, I think really just limit your interaction with any anyone who's negative or makes you feel lower because you're going to need all the, um, all the strength you can and you're going to need a very high vibration. And especially when you're going through hard times to keep your mind focused and keep it positive is, is very difficult. Um, I'd also say, you know, that's probably the, the most important message. And you got to tell yourself that everything's going to be okay. And you yeah. have to not only tell yourself, you have to believe that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to do something, to take a step that you need to take even if you have to force yourself or you need to ask for help to do it, because oftentimes uh, the things that are hardest for us to do are the things that we need to do to move forward. And like I said, like even setting up the business was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's what I needed to do because, you know, I set it up and I took my first client and, you know, I can sit here saying that, you know, after two years in business, I have 500 and I have, you know, other people who work there who are, who are uh, joining me and who are doing well. And, you know, it, it just, uh, it makes you feel better. And, and, and the, the more steps that you take that are difficult, the more you can take other difficult steps that you need to take. So, you know, you, you need to force yourself to do what is most difficult for you to do. And that's probably the advice that, that I would give someone who's going awesome. through a difficult time. Awesome. Thank you for sharing this story with you, with us. Um, it was crazy, but <laughs> crazy what you overcome. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's amazing what, you know, how you've, your perspective on it. Yeah, you know, it's, um, that's life, you know, and my experience is not, worse than anyone else's everyone has mm -hmm. bad experiences I think it's really changed me um to go through this um as a person it's really changed me and my perspective of life and um I think um on top of all this like when my father died so my father died a year and a half ago it uh during all of this so my separation and then throw my father dying in there um and he was one of, he was very close to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember I was in the room with him when he died and then witnessing someone die is, uh, is very surreal. Yeah. And, um, it makes you appreciate every day that you have here. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, the gratitude is that you woke up this morning. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you should appreciate, you know, the fact that you woke up and that you have a chance that no matter how bad your life is, no matter how low you feel that you woke up today and you're alive, and you have the ability to live this day and share it with people and um, learn things and achieve things and accomplish things or, you know, connect with somebody. And I, I think that's very important message for people who are, who are going through, a hard time even if you feel like you have nothing to be grateful for so it's a very good thing that you're alive today and you can make a difference so yeah 
Well, thank you, Andrea, once again. And I'm going to link Innova onto the show notes for this episode. So that will be happening if you need any, uh, you know, if you need anything in London area or you have a friend or, you know, I'm just putting it there in case anyone needs that link. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Andrea. I really, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, time to breathe. That was really heavy. Thank you, Andrea, again, for uh, joining us and sharing your story. It was a very inspirational tale, and uh, thank you again for your time for that. Uh, I am Shane Alexander. This is Shower for the Soul, wrapping it up for another week. Next week, we'll be talking about movies and how movies touch upon mental health. If you have any uh, comments about that or you have any idea of a, of a movie that I should watch within this week uh, or in the weekend, uh, let me know about them, okay? Uh, hostshane at gmail.com is my email address. You can also find me on sliding into my DMs. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I always find that funny. <laughs> I'm old, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, slide into my DMs. Trying to say that in a, slate, in a straight face. <laughs> I can't. At SFTS Pod CST. That's SFTS Pod CST. That's on Insta and on the Twitter machine. You can find all the links and all the relevant co- topics that were discussed throughout the show at shanefame.com. And uh, yeah. All right. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a love note because we really appreciate that. Uh, and tell a friend. Tell a friend. And, uh, you know, join us around the table next week, okay? And have them join us around the table uh, next week. Oh, we always love new faces around here. Thanks again for joining me. It's always been a pleasure to hear and talk to you. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I, f- I totally forgot to say this. But uh, Shane's journal is coming up next week. Okay, cool. By the way, thank you for everyone who's been asking me about that. Yes, there is a few that I've recorded in the past couple of weeks, and they'll be all set for the rest of this. Cool. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later, and uh, peace. Star for the Soul is written and produced by Shane Fame Alexander. Shower for the Soul is a Fame and Friends production.